0: This week on the Native Immigrants, it is our annual Pride Special, where we highlight the South Asian LGBTQ plus community. For this show, we look at the South Asian transgender community and are joined by Amra Ahad, who talks about her experiences as a transgender woman. The Native Immigrants are in the building. Hit the music. And welcome to a special episode of The Native Immigrants. I'm your host, Swami Barakas, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jojo underscore B. What's going on, Jojo B? Hello. So this is our annual Pride special, (laughs) a show that we literally uh, take pride in um, season after season here on our show. It's something that we both feel very strongly about a cause that we also are very supportive of. And it's something that obviously we want to encourage more of our community to talk about and discuss and conversate.
1: And be open.
0: Be open. You know, it's we're living in an age of equality and surely now in 2021, that's all we ask for, not just from our own community, but for the LGBTQ plus members of our community as well. Uh, and so... Big up the South Asian LGBTQ plus community all day, every day. Uh, And this obviously is a Pride special, but uh, the show is actually happening the day after the end of the month of Pride, because we're Asian and we're late at the best of things.
1: Asian timing, always.
0: Yeah. Um, And so apologies for it not coinciding during the month, but we're here. We're still supportive. And this is the Pride special. (laughs) <laughs> so um yeah, let's all let's all celebrate at once. But it's actually been a double celebration this week because there's also been a birthday in the native immigrants household. JoJo B's birthday has also happened this week. <laughs> Jojo's birthday. Jojo's birthday. Jojo Jojo Jojo. JoJo's birthday, ooh. ooh. so I, I had to remix the old uh, JoJo's Kitchen theme tune. I gave uh, up
1: on JoJo's Kitchen. Yeah, JoJo's
0: Kitchen out of business, isn't it? That's some sad, sad, sad news. I mean, do you know what? I've had thousands of messages come through to the Native Immigrants' social media accounts asking, where is JoJo's Kitchen? You That's know, a I've had, to, I've had to. I've had to reply to every single message.
1: That's a massive and lie. And let
0: these people down. Literally,
1: no one noticed that I stopped posting.
0: Heartbreaks all round from so. all these people. They've had to go to other places to get their fixed recipes.
1: No one cares. I hope you're proud of
0: yourself. <laughs> Jojo's Kitchen, man, that was a, an amazing venture, and it was it was a, it was an amazing venture, but also an amazing adventure as well. You know, because I'd be tasting out some new, beautiful recipes that Jojo B would concoct for me. Um, so yeah, it was a win-win situation all around, but yeah, business unfortunately has um, taken I a bit mean of it a... wasn't
1: a business, it was just an Instagram page, but uh, yeah, it fell to the wayside.
0: It did sadly, sadly, but you know, tell us people if you still want JoJo's kitchen to come back. Send me some more messages. Jojo B will obviously ignore them straight away.
1: I um, Partly the reason why I don't do Jojo's Kitchen is because I've just really fallen out of love with social media. Everyone knows mm, this. I say yeah, this course. all the time. I'm over it. I tweet every now and again. And that's it. Instagram can do one. <laughs> Facebook can <laughs> do one. TikTok. We've said this many times. never going to happen. Mm. And um, yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about social media at the moment. Yeah,
0: no, of course, Um, social media is what it is, unfortunately. Um, But JoJo's Kitchen has gone by the wayside. But JoJo's birthday, on the other hand, has been a a massive celebration here for us. Uh, And she's one year older, one year wiser.
1: 38. I'm embracing it.
0: Yep. Are you officially late 30s now? Is it late 30s? Yeah, well, I
1: mean, what else is 38? It's (laughs) got to be late 30s. It's not even like
0: a, it's like kind of in the middle thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? I mean,
1: barely. Come on. I'm trying
0: to work with you. I'm trying to make you sound younger, fam. If you want to make yourself sound old, then you go for it, innit? Do you know
1: what? No. I will embrace my age because I think sometimes I look all right for my age. Absolutely. I agree. And so I'll embrace it because sometimes people think I'm younger. And so it it kind of Who are
0: these people? (laughs) I mean, when people used to see me. Yeah, in person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because no
1: one sees me anymore except when I was... Sometimes Except when do. you're on
0: social media, the thing that you hate the most. Yeah,
1: when I do like an odd selfie and it was like extreme close-up of my face. Um, otherwise, no one sees me.
0: No, I see you, and I know how old you are.
1: <laughs> I see you. I see you. Yeah. It's very profound.
0: I see you. You know, for it's the person deep. you first, for the person you really are. But you know what? It's the thing with 38 is it's still like a it's 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 a good age. I liked my 38. So I can only say for you, I hope to. Um, so some of that you good fortune. didn't have children at 38. Did you? I didn't have thir- <laughs> children at that's 38. That's why you liked it. It was a good. It was a good time. You know, it was a good time in my life. I hope your 38 is just as enjoyable. Thanks. You know, <laughs> make make the most of it. <laughs> Thanks very make much. Make the most of the 30s is all I say. People.
1: <laughs> now I have a job and I'm very tired. I have a child and I'm very tired. Mm. And we're in a pandemic. But okay, 38. Here we go. Positivity. Positivity. Thank you so much. Come on. What is wrong on, with you? Energy.
0: It's a special special joy. show. Exactly. It's. So- <laughs>
1: I'm punching the air
0: Jojo jo- jo B is punching the air um, she's, she's obviously of age Where that might actually Like dislocate a hip Or something Or get her some like, <laughs>
1: Dislocate <her> a <laughs> hip By punching <laughs> the, by air. In the air
0: You never know At your age you? Do you know I mean Actually this is really bad You know like, Usually they say Women are never supposed To reveal their true age uh, That's know. just
1: misogynistic shit Though that For making women Feel bad about getting I'm not old, saying it I'm You know for so ageing There's nothing wrong With ageing women 100% You know
0: I mean is We're human beings We naturally grow old
1: if you're not aging you're dead so <laughs> enjoy the aging process
0: i love it one year older one year wiser one year more cynical um jojo b in her old age has become a bitter old lady um but yeah jojo b <laughs> bitter
1: yes old yes yeah. lady yes i'm okay yes
0: yeah, yeah apart from all that she's absolutely fine but yes. Um, happy <laughs> birthday to Jojo B. Happy birthday, me. Uh, and
1: you know what you taught Bubs to say? Happy birthday to the ground.
0: Happy birthday to the ground, (laughs) baby. Do you know what I mean? Like he, yeah, he's, um, he's learning all kinds of stuff at the moment. Um, Some, some great, some not so great. I need to stop swearing, obviously, around Like, Oh my God, he said shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, sorry. If my mum is listening to this show, he didn't learn it from me.
1: He 100% learned it from you.
0: I'm just saying. But anyway. Yeah, he did say that word. We had to quickly say, oh, ship. Yeah, that's a big uh, sailing boat in the sea. And then try to teach him all about ships. Um. Yeah, well swerved um, But yeah, I'm going to have to curb my swearing I've. That's why I've, I've almost if, if You've probably heard the last few weeks I've curbed my swearing on the show as well Have you? This is just like a natural evolution You should for just me.
1: get it out on the show We'll just start Shit, st- fuck, bollocks, all of it I'm here Happy Pride! I'm, 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 this is what I'm saying It's <laughs> the Pride show This is
0: our Pride special And so we need to celebrate Pride And not, inv- not incorporate any swearing in it Thank you very much All right you old this, this is the thing you become a bitter old lady you know this is what bitter old ladies do they smell of piss and biscuits and just start swearing all the time do you know what I mean <laughs> piss and biscuits it's a good look um uh, yeah so oh, fucking rude there you go she's swearing misogyny
1: again. misogyny at work yeah bitter old ladies yeah
0: you said misogyny. yourself you said you're old and bitter Misogyny. I'm just repeating I'm allowed
1: to say it I'm a woman you can't talk to me about it
0: so this is our Pride special, four seasons in, and we're still here as allies to the South Asian LGBTQ plus community. But this, this year's show, we decided to take a different direction mm-hmm. in terms of our focus on South Asian Pride. Yeah. More than anything else, you know, because we've spoken at length in the last few years and we've had interviews uh, with some great prominent LGBTQ plus members of our community. Yeah. Uh, I've talked about some of the protests that were happening in Birmingham uh, a couple of years back Uh as well. Um, But something that we haven't spoken about at any length or tackled is specifically the South Asian transgender community. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, Now, this is something that we both obviously feel strongly about as much as everything else with the LGBTQ plus community. And we haven't had the chance to really discuss it or speak about it at length. And I think in a way, it's also to do with our own knowledge about the subject area with neither of us really having an in-depth knowledge on specifically the transgender community. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, that was very true.
0: You know, and that's not out of ignorance or anything. I guess it's just that we haven't really been around members of that community no, enough for us to to learn more and to, you know, to really tackle the subject area, you know, fully. And so for this show, it was really important for us to to look at this specific subject area, Um, not only discussing it between the two of us, but... It was really important for us to have someone join us on the show from that community, specifically from the South Asian transgender community, and discuss their experience with us.
1: Yeah, because I mean, we can we can say stuff, we can read you some stats or whatever, but we can't give you what a, a real feel of what it's like. Yeah. Um, and I think that's very important for for everyone, for us included, to yeah. understand what that experience can be like, uh, uh and and listen. You know, like, exactly. We this is the whole point it's not it's not just about us talking about stuff it's about us listening Mm -hmm. and trying to understand um and try and help you guys broaden your horizons as
0: well absolutely yeah this is exactly what it is for us It's, it's all a learning curve for us um and an experience that we need to um acknowledge uh more than anything else and so we're very delighted to be joined by Amra Ahad, who will be joining us in the second half of this show to discuss her story and her experiences. Um, But what's coming up in this half of the show? uh, So representation for the LGBTQ plus community, uh, South Asian specific, it's Mm. kind of been, I'd say it's still been few and far between for most of 2020. Yes. But 2021 changed that significantly, I'd say.
1: Yeah. I think twenty twenty one has been I mean, it's been great for T V in general, in terms of representation in general. Yeah. Um and so it was great to see um there being LGBTQ plus South Asian representation. Yeah. As part of that.
0: Yeah. Well actually Just to say? show
1: that that we you know we have we come in. All shapes and sizes and, <laughs> and colours and creeds and all that kind of stuff. You know, like there's there's different aspects to us. We're not just one dimensional. Yeah. And I think that's been really lovely to see this year.
0: Yeah. But it's been it's, it's been it's been really refreshing in a way because two of the real big standout shows as well of the last six months mm. have featured specifically South Asian LGBTQ plus characters. Yes. And I think that's that's been the one real driving Force of you know our representation this year has been not just the fact you can just see a, a regular Asian character on on in shows we see that sporadically all the time yeah but very few South Asian LGBTQ plus characters and ones that are done so well you know there's not in any in any sense it's a kind of a kind of character that's just in there for either comic relief or is in there as you know a side character we're talking yeah. about prominent members of the cast in their respective shows
1: in critically acclaimed shows absolutely and that's the key point there i think yes it's the it's not just like on Hollyoaks or eastenders this is it's what I mean. like and with, with, there's nothing wrong with those shows in terms of their mass you know mainstream but yeah. these are shows where those characters are featured on like on award-winning critically acclaimed
0: groundbreaking shows yeah and
1: truly beautifully written shows as yeah,
0: well 100%
1: so what are the shows that we're talking
0: about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, So hurry up and get to the point. What are those two yeah, shows, bro? Exactly. <laughs> well, we've, we've spoken at length about one of the recent shows that we both really, really loved. Yeah. Um, we actually spoke about it on our last episode on Muslim representation on television. Mm. And that is We Are Lady Parts yes. on Channel 4. Uh, and again, if, if you haven't seen it, then don't listen to us. Stop the show right now. Go and listen to it and then come back and listen to the rest of the show. Watch it even. Listen to it. <laughs> listen to it as well as watch it. You watching can listen to it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. Yeah.
1: Um, it's it's worth the watch. It's very it's really fun.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: It wasn't really heavy. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, here come the Asians, here come the Muslims who are gonna come and like do bad things. No. It was here are some Muslims having some fun.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: And at in that show, there is a character. We won't I mean, should we spoil it for everyone? Um
0: I don't think I don't think it's as much of a spoiler. We're you know because the sh- the context of the show and everything that goes around in it is a whole separate. I think been out for a while. You haven't watched exactly. it.
1: It's your own fault. Um, <laughs> exactly. There is a, there is a character called Aisha. Yes, indeed. Who is revealed to be into ladies.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: I was going to say I was hesitated there because I was going to say she's a lesbian, but I don't know. She could be bi. Like oh, there was true, it was true. never discussed. Uh But she was she had a crush on one of the other characters.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, she actually had a relationship with that other character. So it was more than just a crush.
1: Oh yeah. That's a song, isn't it?
0: Uh No, that's, it's just a little
1: crush. Oh yeah, that's it. So this anyway. is
0: an actual, this is a full blown relationship okay, with sorry. this other lady. Um, and this, we're talking about a, a hijabed Muslim lady portrayed as someone who's LGBTQ plus. Yep. I mean, that's a, pretty massive thing
1: and you know what really got me was that yes she is in a relationship with another woman
2: Mm.
1: but that's not her character's main story that's not the arc no exactly her the the show is about the band Mm. and each of the characters within the within the band has their own life going on yeah absolutely um and so that's just her life that she's living but it's not the main kind of purpose of her character.
0: Yeah, the whole concept of the show could have put, could have possibly just revolved around the fact that this is a Muslim girl wearing a hijab, but oh my God, she's lesbian.
1: Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't do that. Yeah. It's just about a, a bunch of girls who are friends who have lives that are very different.
0: Yeah, just like you and I. Yeah. When this is, comes back to our, our main big objective when talking about representation on TV from season one where we said all we want to do is see Asian people on TV being normal you know normal Asians on TV being normal
1: yeah exactly just living their normal lives
0: exactly without it being a without it being like an overriding thing or a factor
1: exactly and we're all like I said we all come in different shapes and sizes (laughs) we're not one dimensional yeah we all have our own lives that we lead and we lead them all in very different ways yeah and that's just who we are like right? we're people yeah society is like that exactly. and we are members of society 100%, and yeah. i think that is it's just been really as you said refreshing to see
0: yeah absolutely um and yeah that's that's been a massive look for our community it's been a massive plus uh, for our community, this show. Um, And I encourage everyone to go out and watch it because we clamor for representation. And in this show, we are Lady Parts. We absolutely got it and more. But another show that also came out on Channel 4 earlier this year, which was...
1: Channel 4 doing the thing?
0: Honestly, yeah. They have stepped up their game when it comes to dramas and really critically acclaimed uh, dramas as well at the same time. But It's a Sin was one of the big TV wins of this year. Mind-blowing. For a variety of reasons. Uh, I guess more than anything else, it was, again, tackling a subject area that doesn't get spoken about enough.
1: No, that whole era... So It's a Sin, if you don't know the background of it, is set um, in the kind of 80s and 90s AIDS epidemic that was happening in this country yeah. um, and the way it was handled and the the people that lived through it. Yeah. You know, and so it kind of highlights how it was handled in the media. Yeah. And it shows the people, the community that lived through that yeah. and was scarred by it of course, as well. Yeah. And the fact that, so many people, including us, watched it. I mean, we were only kids at the time. But, you know, we both remember it. Um, but the w- the fact that we just didn't know.
0: Yeah, of course, we didn't, the gravity. Und- yeah, of-
1: we didn't understand. We didn't, had no idea of the depth of pain and the... Just the horrific things that happened during that time, the way that people were ignored and not believed, and you know, and the attitudes towards I think it's the attitudes more than anything else, you know. It was horrendous, and um, it was a real eye-opener of a show, and I think that's why it hit so many people hard. And then also obviously people some people had lived through it. They had lost people, you know, people they loved through it. That's
0: the one good thing about the show is it, you know, it not only um Showcased the the people going through it themselves, but you saw how it affected all the immediate um, circles. You know, the other the people like the immediate families, the friends, yeah. the you know. It's such a and it was such a massive community, and it spread across so many different people within this tight knit community, specifically with that show. Yeah, and the the real the the struggles um, physically, mentally, emotionally that people went through and it's it's a horrifying, honestly. Um and when you see how they're treated society wise, but also by, you know, the the government as well, it's yeah. um it honestly was heartbreaking, um, to say the least. And, you know, I, I remember the last couple of shows were were really traumatic. Um in terms of I don't obviously we don't want to talk about specifically what happens to all the characters in the show. I encourage you also to watch this show as well um, because it was not only eye-opening but it's um, really poignant um, and really well made
1: yes so beautifully done
0: amazingly well made Um, and we managed to see uh, an Asian character in this
1: and not just a side character like one of the main characters
0: yeah one of the main characters in this show is uh, an Asian man yes who happens to be gay
1: Yes. So the character is called Ash Mukherjee.
0: Ash Mukherjee, uh, played by Nathaniel Curtis, as well. Yeah. And yeah, really well portrayed. um, Very well acted. And again, his character was was someone that was very prominent within the show, but an important character within the show as well. uh, Because they're all linked amongst each other, I guess, you know, through relationships within the show. um, And the tight-knit community aspect of, of the the specific characters in there. Yeah. And I think when it comes to Ash's character, he's one of the kind of guys that kind of binds everyone together yes. really well.
1: If I remember rightly, at the time when it came out, there was a lot of thirst for him as well. <laughs> yeah and rightly
0: so yeah and and it was and from from both sides of the of the uh, the coin from men and women yeah, uh, i
1: mean he's a beautiful man so everyone can can you know appreciate appreciate his, some beauty why yeah. not
0: absolutely um but um but yeah it was a uh, great to see again very very refreshing to see uh, because i remember remember the 90s when we we saw um ramon ticarum in uh this life
1: this th- life yes
0: you know uh, and he played um you know a member of the lgbtq plus community in that show um yes. all those years back and that's but that's like what 25 years ago now
1: but that at the time see i was really into this life i was probably a bit young to be watching it to be fair yeah. um but i did watch it and it was like i remember at the time just my mind was blown mm. that there was a gay asian character in a show yeah and i was like does this happen <laughs> because you know is this allowed that, to happen well at that time we were so sheltered from it yeah it's true and or i was so sheltered from it and and i mean i lived in newcastle i was away from the asian community in general anyway but from what i knew people didn't really talk about that stuff yeah of and um and then i saw him on tv and it was like wow
0: yeah there is a whole
1: world out there that i don't know that's when i realized yeah. like there's a world out there that goes on yeah where things happen and nobody talks about them. Exactly. And I, I now like it it doesn't really like hit obviously you don't know at the time that this is what's going on. You're just kind of like, oh look, there's other stuff happening in the world. Yeah. But when you think about it now, like the significance of that is it's pretty massive. No, exactly. And for it to have hap- to have been on TV in the nineties, I think, is is pretty big.
0: No, of course, because this was I mean, that that show came out before Shows like, you know, Queer as Folk um, and yeah. these kind of shows. So this, is, this was just a, a regular show, you know, set around, again, a community of friends. Um, but there wasn't, I guess, a lot of shows with too many characters from the LGBTQ plus community anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And generally across the, the spate of television as a whole. Yeah. Um, so to have one in that period of time and for that to be a South Asian character as well. I mean that's a that's a huge that's a huge huge thing. Yeah. Um and I guess it gets we took it for granted at the time but because we haven't seen anything like that for a long time since. Yeah. That you know it the the need for it and the you know the the desire for to see more stuff like that becomes that much more apparent. Yeah. And so shows like it's a sin and we are lady parts which are amazing to see now obviously but you know we're they're long overdue as well because we should be having so many more shows like this yeah you know not just showcasing members of our community but specifically you know members of the lgbtq plus community within our own communities um because they play such a prominent role um across all our communities so
1: like you said when we say representation of the south asian community we mean everyone in the south asian community yes you know again the different colors and (laughs) greens and shapes and sizes because we are not one dimensional yeah we come in all forms and all flavors and so we need to have that all shown
0: yeah totally
1: for people to realize that we are not just a homogenous mass yeah that we have individual identities yeah and I think there's a long way to go for that to happen. No, of course, of course. But it's getting there. It's yeah, getting
0: better. Yeah. yeah, getting if getting further and further away from the negative stereotypes is uh, something that we've always tried to push and promote um, for on this show. And in those two shows, which we have obviously spoken about in the past, but here for our Pride special, I think deserve an honourable mention we when it, when it comes to representation for our communities on television. So if you haven't seen them, Please, I encourage you all to go into, what, what's the Channel four thing called? All four. All four, that's the one. Uh, all four, you can stream both of them now, currently, uh, and check them both out because they're two fantastic shows. Yes, they are. <laughs> Thank you, <JV. laughs> Um, Before we go into our second half, we want to shout out to our friends, the You Don't Love Me Boys, our guests from last season's, Pride Special, Mm -hmm. uh, who joined us for an amazing interview talking about their life as a married couple uh, and talking about everything from culture to upbringings to racial discrimination um, and what life is like for a South Asian LGBTQ plus couple. But they have recently been featured in an awesome campaign for Superdrug. Uh, with a beautifully shot piece of them together as a couple
1: It's so gorgeous
0: yeah again really really well made really really well shot um, I'm a
1: little bit jealous I wish someone would make us a bit like a video like that I'd,
0: uh, yeah well, they need to um, there'd have to be some CGI to They'd make to us pretend look- to be in love <laughs> Can you CGI love Is that something you can do like can you, just, you know, a director can you just add more love in this shot just do we need to do with your computer you know computer <laughs> graphics? Uh, to just bring just, some
1: just, more just love. CGI that out that look of disdain, <laughs> doesn't yeah,
0: yeah, you know yeah. that just that look?
1: <laughs> just get rid of that one. Yeah. Can you
0: like? Can you like CGI his eyes to look into her eyes rather than looking away from? I don't want to look in her face.
1: <laughs> CGI out uh, his
0: um, grimace. His grimace, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can, if you can CGI <laughs> out his lips saying "I don't want to be here" to say to, to change that to like, you know, I really want you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, some, some <laughs> things are beyond the magic of, of computer graphics. I think I guess I'd say, um, but a couple, a real Asian couple that are in love, uh, the you don't love me boys <laughs> were featured uh, on this uh, amazing campaign with Superdrug. Uh, I encourage you all to check that out as well. It's on their social media. I think it's on YouTube on the Superdrug YouTube page as well. But he actually recently got featured on Vogue as well. Oh my God. Mans are popping off, I'm telling you. I'd like to think that our show was the reason <laughs> of the catalyst for all this happening. Yeah, absolutely. Their appearance on the Native Immigrants um, enabled all this to happen.
1: Yeah, because, you know, Vogue listened.
0: <laughs> if you're listening, hi Vogue. Hi Anna. Is it Anna Winters? Anna Winter? Is she still there? Is she still a thing? Is she still like head of Vogue? No. It's- editor of Vogue?
1: No. No, no, I think she isn't. I don't know. I don't read Vogue. I have no idea. I I'm know. Not I'm not a fashionista.
0: I mean, if you, if you did, if you were a Vogue reader, there'd be a lot more love in our video. Oh, um, it's it's all good. Um, you can read, um, I don't know, Asiana or something, <laughs> Asian <laughs> Bride. Still published? Asia, I don't know, Asianana, Asianana, Asian Bride. Are there still? Th- oh. <laughs> Are those two things still a thing as well? So
1: I hope so. Because you know what? We don't have enough. Exactly. <laughs> we don't exactly. have enough of that stuff. God forbid they take so... away our magazines as well.
0: <laughs> um, so yeah, shout out to all my Asiana crew uh, from back in the Day. Hope you guys are still in work. Oh my
1: God, the noughties are a great time. Noughties
0: were an amazing time. Um, but enough about the past. It's all about the present and the future. And when we talk about the second half of this show specifically we're going to be talking about the south asian transgender community and we're delighted to be joined by amra ahad who will be talking all about her experiences as a transgender south asian lady see you on the other side people to the second half of the native immigrants I'm Swami barakas and I'm Jojo B and you are listening to our annual pride special
1: You know we need some kind of like fanfare music
0: Uh yeah I can always add in some party poppers Woo-hoo! and some uh... <laughs> UK pride <laughs> Um, yeah, but seriously, it's, it's Pride. It's about the LGBTQ plus community. It's a community that we feel very strongly about. We yeah, are allies. We support you wholeheartedly. But as mentioned in the first half of this show, an area within that community that we haven't really discussed before and really deserve to be highlighted as a whole show, specifically this one, mm. is the South Asian transgender community. Yep. And uh, as we said, it's probably our own fault in terms of not having enough knowledge of the community, knowing people obviously within the community itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that kind of level of ignorance has kind of stopped us from, I guess, tackling it at length more than anything else. And so I guess for us, this is more an educational exercise um, for us and also for our listeners to enable them to have a much more of a better understanding of the transgender community yes. as a whole. Um,
1: yeah, I think we've kind of been learning and I think the whole world has been learning to use pronouns correctly and be more sensitive to that yes. um, and understanding just the way that we use our language so we don't offend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as people have become more conscious of that, they've started to do, and I, it's very, you know, certainly with us as well, that we've started to do more Um, research and try to increase our understanding of the the transgender and non-binary communities as well so um yeah this i think this process of researching this show and talking to amra has really been very eye-opening for us
0: yeah no definitely Uh, but you know when trying to do a bit more research um specifically on this subject area again i'm surprised to see that there's really not a lot out there in terms of, I guess you know, articles about the transgender community is one thing. it's it's um you know on mass, but when we're talking about the South Asian transgender community, are you
1: that surprised though?
0: I thought it did by this day and age, we'd have come to a point where this shouldn't really be that much of a uh, I an mean, issue the,
1: the, there being open discussion of the transgender community in the way that it is at the moment has only really been a recent thing Mm. so it i so i'm not really that surprised Mm. that there's no information about south asians because we usually come last when it comes to these things anyway um and so i think it will come hopefully in time
0: no definitely um that's what we like to hope um, and shows like ours, obviously, can only open up that dialogue that much more. Yeah. Um, but we so we found like one thesis from the City University, where there was a speaking about the South Asian community. So
1: one person's done a doctorate on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and
0: the, and the transgender community specifically with that. Okay. Um. So yeah, like I said, we we need more people. <laughs> we
1: really do. Um, although we haven't been able to find any stats and things about the South Asian. Transgender community specifically. Mm. There are some uh, about the transgender community as a whole. Yeah, And so no doubt this information and these stats will apply just as much to South Asians as to anybody else. Yeah. Um, I found a report by Gallup. Okay. Who are an LGBT plus uh, anti-violence charity. Mm. Excellent. And um, so they did a, a survey with 227 trans people to understand the nature impact and impact of trans hate crime in the uk right um it's it's really quite shocking it's like it's really mm. my heart sank when i was reading these um four out of five so 80 percent yeah of transgender people in the uk experienced a former trans hate crime in the last 12 months oh wow so the report found that half of trans people experienced a transphobic attack in the street in the past 12
0: months.
1: Jeez. 70% of trans people said that their their transphobia had been detrimental to their mental health in the past year and almost half have self-harmed as a result. Oh my God. And more than half had contemplated suicide.
0: I mean, that's, that's horrifying.
1: Um, in October 2020, the Home Office figures showed that Police investigate seven transphobic offences every single day in the UK. A day? Yeah, a day. With the numbers having quadrupled between 2014-15 to 2019-20. Oh, jeez. One in seven trans people who experienced a transphobic attack, whether that was physical or verbal, sexual or online, any of those kind of um, attacks, only one in seven reported it to the police
0: oh really
1: yeah and that's because they 70 th- percent said that they this was because they felt that the police couldn't help them oh a third thought that the police or expected the police to be transphobic mm,
0: yeah
1: and another third said that they experienced too many transphobic incidents to be able to report them all that's sad imagine that, that you get so much abuse so much hate that you just think oh, i don't know which one to pick yeah you know which one do i report how do how many do i report
0: yeah it's that it's horrendous
1: so this this stat this next one in particular really shocked me and really it made me realize that there's no safe space Mm. a quarter of trans people have suffered transphobia in their home and a third have suffered it at work Mm. and that wasn't the only those weren't only the kind of normal safe spaces yeah, yeah. where they had experienced abuse. They a third reported that they'd received transphobic abuse from someone else in the LGBT plus community.
0: Really, so within their own community? Yeah. Oh
1: my days. And we've spoken about this before: abuse within the community, within within the LGBTQ plus community. At large, yeah. there is racism, and we've covered that yeah, before, definitely, so now there is also an you know a section that is anti transgender
0: so l g b t q plus members that are anti transgender
1: yeah anti the t
0: i mean it's just ludicrous and it just it bewilders me to a, another level i'm sorry
1: i i mean all of those stats are shocking yeah and when i was doing the reading it was just horrifying and then when i think about how actually if you have that layer of race on there as well so for south asians that stat about receiving abuse within your own home Mm. i can imagine it's way higher Uh, 100 percent. if you are a person of color yes um, whether you're South Asian or Black, I can just imagine that it's much higher. Yeah. In a in an ethnic household,
0: I mean, you're, you're probably talking about like close to a hundred percent. When we talk about there, there must be elements within everyone's households. Yeah. Like the whether even if it's not the immediate family, it'd be people within their. Circles within their extended families.
1: I mean, I think you could probably because it's it, that. So that stat was a quarter of trans people had reported transphobia within their own home. Yeah. So I can imagine you could at least double that uh, yeah, for South more, Asians. More triple. Probably. I mean, this is just our speculation, but we we know what our communities like. Yeah, exactly. We know how narrow minded they are and how
0: discriminatory. For yeah, sure.
1: exactly. The way that we kind of carry prejudice within our community. Yeah. So.
0: Over minuscule things, and and so this is this yeah. A, a when
1: someone's more... identity doesn't conform to the way that you want them to, exactly. I think that the likelihood of there being transphobia within your home, within your family circle, your friends circle, your community, on the street, all these stats that we have here about the com- the transgender community in general, you can increase them yeah massively yeah. I would I would speculate, um, and i just i can't i can't imagine what it must be like to live like that to to, to live with that fear to be scared to be who you are
0: exactly yeah it's uh,
1: yeah it's horrifying
0: it is, it is horrifying and i guess um you know for for us you know just as um members of the south asian community you know we we see and we hear about discrimination and prejudice and mm-hmm. you know from for just the color of our skin um Now, if you add on the added element of of being LGBTQ+, um, and then even more specifically to that, the transgender community, you're talking about three different layers of prejudice and discrimination and the toll that that must take Mm -hmm. on an individual, you know, emotionally, you know, mental health. It's honestly, it's legitimately horrifying because we're still not there yet. You know, we're, we're still potentially generations before you know, members of this community see equality on that level across all of society. Yeah. Because to deal with it outside of society is one massive thing. To to face it amongst your own people, um, the South Asian community, um, that's a that's a massive hurdle to overcome first and foremost, before you can actually go out there and actually, you know be free in amongst the rest of society Yeah. um and so you know it's it's we 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 uh, to empathize with that level of pain is very very difficult because, yeah, because to put we put yourself in that yeah
1: we can't we can't experience that yeah and and so yes we can empathize and, and we can we can sympathize maybe yeah. but empathize i don't think we could ever really understand what that feels like
0: absolutely not uh, and so for us to get a better understanding um, specifically from that mind frame, we needed to speak to a member of the South Asian transgender community. And I want to thank a friend of the show, Kakan Qureshi, uh, who's a m- very prominent member of the Birmingham LGBTQ plus community for a number of years. and uh, He's been a guest on the show as well on one of our previous Pride specials. Mm-hmm. And he was very gracious enough to put us in touch with our next guest. And that is Amra Ahad, who is a makeup artist here in the UK. And we spoke to her earlier for an interview. And here's what she had to say. Thank you so much, Amra, for joining us here today on The Native Immigrants. How's it going? Hi, I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure from our end. Um, now, this is our Pride special, and something that we both really wanted to discuss here on this particular show was a transgender community, um, and specifically within the South Asian community. Now, you are a transgender lady, um, and it is a big pleasure for us to have you on here today to talk about your experiences and discuss that at length with us here today. Um, but let's go all the way back. At what point in your life did you realize that maybe you felt different to the gender you were assigned to at birth?
2: Thank you. I think that's a really interesting question. So I am, of course, like turning 24 soon. But um, I always do... <laughs> No, it's in, it's in August, end of August. Thank oh, you. Though. August
0: as well, big up. Are, is it, are you a Leo? No, I'm a Virgo. Ah, damn it. Okay. Just just <laughs> you yeah. just veered off course there. Leos are the best, obviously, but still. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, that was fine. Yeah. Um, so but in regards to like when I was growing up, you know, I was always um a very effeminate boy. Mm-hmm. But um, I couldn't kind of like wrap my head around um, you know, why I was different to like the other boys. But it wasn't until I kind of reached an age where I was kind of differentiating between um my gender expression and my kind of like you know the gender that, that i kind of truly felt inside sure. so i wouldn't say until maybe like around like 14 15 when i started to realize there was like something off like about my body and the way it was developing because it was developing as a man when of course i never felt like a man inside mm-hmm. so um i think i kind of it, it was something that was gradual because it wasn't until i hit puberty where my body started like causing me a lot of discomfort mm-hmm. and of course i didn't know what the terminology or anything what the terminology was for that, for the discomfort that I was feeling until, of course, I spoke to my doctor and my doctor was like, you know, I think you're transgender because you have all of, um, you know, I don't know what to call it, symptoms, should I say, of struggling with gender dysphoria, which is, of course, a medical condition yeah. Um, where an individual feels like their body is developing in a way that they basically don't, you know, relate to that. So it was causing me huge discomfort. But I was, I would always say when I was growing up, I was always a very feminine, um, a very feminine boy.
1: Hmm. So, yeah so you said you went to talk to your doctor did you talk Mm. to anyone else close to you like a family member or any friends or anything about it
2: yeah I did yeah so it took me a lot of kind of like courage should I say to actually you know open up and talk about it because I think these things are not spoken about in our communities and I think I had to really kind of wrap my head around how I'm going to kind of navigate talking about such a sensitive topic that you know, nobody in the family is, you know, struggling with the same issues that I was. So it took me a lot of a lot of years. I didn't come out until I was like 18. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I came out when I was 18 and I told my mother and I was like, you know, this is the case. And I didn't verbally say actually, you know, I told her, um, I kind of sent her a long message and then she called me in a room and I was just, you know, bawling my eyes out and I was like, mom, this is how I feel. And she was like, you know, I'm always by your side. And she was really accepting in the beginning but it wasn't until people started filling ears, and they were like, no, it's wrong. It's not allowed. Um, Mm -hmm. And it kind of started from there where religion was always used as a weapon against me. So.
0: So so based on that, obviously, like, you know, it's great, obviously, first that your mom was quite accepting it in the initial stages of it, but it is something quite inherent with our communities in terms of the wider community um, Mm -hmm. and how much people get involved, I guess, more than anything else
1: yeah, yeah. It's, that, it's that whole kind of what will people say kind of thing oh, that con- happens um, yeah so what was the reaction of the wider community um obviously they'd started talking to your mom and, and kind of influencing her but did you have mm. any reactions when you were like out and about or from friends or anything like that
2: yeah um I feel like it's it's been it's, re- it's been a really crazy journey I think I I was struggling with really, really severe depression and I feel like my mother kind of brought me into the feminine, like in regards to like my expression, I was always playing with makeup and makeup became such a big part of my life. So I think, you know, I'd always watch my mother and she was always wearing makeup. Whenever she'd go out of the house, I'd call my friend over and we'd, you know, just wear her clothing and makeup. But mm. it was a way of us to kind of escape the pain that we were going through, um, just kind of being ourselves for like, what an hour or two and then coming back to reality. So I think as of course, you know, trans people I think we kind of we kind of start gravitating towards things that divert our attention from like the pain and you know all the the mental health kind of aspect of it so I was using makeup as like a huge part of like of even passing so for example I'm quite blessed because I haven't ever faced ridicule like going out in public into the real world because I think I do look I do present myself of course as you know female and I always have looked like a female growing up even before I started medically transitioning. So I think I'm kind of privileged in that way for a lot of trans people, it's not like that because they face a lot of harassment and abuse. But if we're talking about my family, it was always about reputation to them. But then like my father disowned me completely, but um, he wasn't ever, yeah, he wasn't ever, oh it's all right don't worry we were always talking about the weather anyway he was completely useless but um <laughs> he w- he was kind of like um you know I went, remember when I was in university and he was like he called me and he was like oh I've heard you're like this and you do this and you know I kind of like tried to cover it but I couldn't because like he was sending me pictures of myself with makeup on I mean, really? so I was like yeah that's it's I was like it's just the way it is and he he didn't understand it and I completely I can understand that you know he's not from here and you know it's kind of It's very, they just can't fathom it. And I just, I understand that he doesn't get it, but I think he never made an effort in the first place. He was just kind of cut me off. He was like, stop wearing women's skinny jeans or I'm going to stop talking to you. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So he gave me like two days and he stopped talking to me. I was like, give me a week at least. I mean, two days is nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was, it's been really crazy. Well, my mother's like really supportive. She's amazing. Like I, I moved out for two years because things were really bad. But then I moved back in with my mother because she was quite sick. So I'm back, in, I'm back with my mother now. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, your mom's okay now um, going forward. Um, yeah. It is interesting what you say there about your father because like the Asian subcontinent has always had a long history with the third gender community there, um, which are mm-hmm. a hugely prevalent community across whole oh. of the subcontinent. Um, so I w- we've always felt that surely our community should have a better understanding of the transgender community because there's been a long line of history alongside that community. Um, so yeah. in your opinion, should not should our communities, the South Asian community, have a better understanding? And And if they're not, why is that not so? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh no, completely hundred percent. I think, you know, I, it's really crazy because I think the, the views that our community have of the trans community, I think it's always, it's a comedy. That's literally what it is. Mm. And I feel like it's always, oh, we're dancers and we're, you know, we're sex workers and, you know, this, you know, even my nan, like she said to me, Mama, nan's fine with me now. In the beginning, she was really upset. She was like, well, you're not gonna get married, have kids. And I was like, you know, there's other ways that we can, like, sort that out. But um, I think she, it was really disheartening because even till this day, I'm, of course, tw- nearly 24. And still, when I visit her, I have to conform. Mm-hmm. Like, it hasn't changed. Like, she knows, she acknowledges, you know, okay, fine, I'm different, I wear makeup, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm becoming a woman. But in regards to, like, reputation and respect, there's still things that we have to kind of succumb to. So mm-hmm. if I go to their house, you know, in regards to respect wise i have to tie my hair up because my hair's really long so i have to tie my hair up i have to of course like wear really baggy clothing maybe keep some facial hair which you know i i just don't i don't do that anymore yeah. um but um i think it's i have to conform still and i don't think that will ever change to be honest And i think it's hard because it really tore our relationship like my nan literally brought me up like growing up but yeah. because of course of you know, me transitioning and being transgender and my expression and me being a seminar, it just, I, I couldn't, and that, this is why I had to move because I couldn't, I needed some creative distance to really explore my identity because being around them was like suffocating. I had so many, you know, panic attacks and I was really struggling with my mental health being around them because they just couldn't understand it. To them, it was a sin. So do you,
0: do you feel that though, it's it's their actual views and opinions long-standing or do you really feel that it's more from outside interference or people's mm-hmm. judgment basically clouding their actual views because I know it's yeah. the same with our, our community. there's so many other taboos and topics that are prevalent within the South Asian community where it's more the outside communities um, you know uh, their way of thinking that has an influence yeah. basically on your the parents and you know your immediate families and that's the reason why they come across
2: quite prejudiced okay. on certain things yeah I think that's a really interesting question I think in regards to I think every family member has a different relationship with me so with my mother she doesn't care what people think at all like she's really proud yeah. she refers to me as she she calls me Amra she doesn't call me by you know my birth name and she's very, she's very acknowledging towards my transition and she takes a huge part in it now. But in the past, she didn't do that. But um, with my nan, I think with, with the kind of, with, with the older people, I think they care more about the reputation. Yeah. I think that's, well, with, with them. But well, then my cousins and you know my siblings are very accepting, but um, they don't, re- my siblings refer to me as, of course, my, you know, the name that I've chosen, but my siblings, we don't really talk about my transition or me being transgender
0: so yeah I guess well hopefully now for the next generations and generations going forward it it's, it's becoming less and less of like a thing you know I think once, once now we're in a state of hopefully equality then going forward these things just become part of the norm and it's not something that needs to be you know like looked upon as a taboo or anything like that
1: yeah you just yeah. hope that you can eventually start having those honest conversations with your siblings though so that you can feel Fully yourself, I guess. I, I'm not yeah. really able to talk about it. it. Must be quite, must be quite difficult because you have to watch your words and you, you, you know, or topics can, you know, com- a topic of conversation can get changed yeah. very quickly if you bring it on, I guess. Um, talking of the kind of like, I guess because it's kind of like a disconnection that you then have with your family because there's certain things that you can't talk about. Do you feel like you've become more disconnected in any way to your South Asian culture?
2: yeah I have completely I think I think that's a really interesting question because you know I talk about this with my other queer friends and they they, they're always they always kind of talk about how you know well it's it's more kind of like to do with yourself and you need to understand that you know our families won't understand it and I'm like well I feel like it has made me disconnected with my culture a hundred percent and I feel like you know, I do struggle a lot with my mental health because I couldn't find like an, I couldn't find a place. Like, an, like I, I think the word you describe is like an equilibrium. I couldn't find a balance between my queer identity and kind of navigating it with, you know, my culture and my family. I just couldn't because I think, and then it's kind of like the, all the connotations where it's always all really negative and, oh, well, it's this and, well, you you, you know, you're, it's a sin and everything. But I know that it's, but then I have a lot of friends who are, you know, South Asian and they're, you know, transgender or they're gay. But um, I think it does make you disconnected. Definitely. I, that's how I feel. But I feel like I'm happier, like not like really you know you can't escape your culture really yeah. yeah but um i feel like i'm happier like i'm happier this way if that makes any sense is because there- i think for so many years growing up you know i kind of tried to fit into it mm. tried to fit into the, the culture and everything but i just couldn't so i stopped
1: is there like a a wider kind of south asian transgender community that you've connected with
2: mm-hmm.
1: or is there is it just the kind of the general transgender community or or is there not one at all? Like, how does it work? Do, is, are there South Asians that you could who are going through the same experience as you that you mm-hmm. kind of build relationships with and kind of connect with and have a community with?
2: Yeah, I think I feel like I do have a lot of South Asian friends who are either you know transgender or like you know non-conforming, you know the way they present themselves. But um, I feel like they they're very they they have a lot of like mental health issues as well. So it's like because their families, I don't think I have a friend who's of of them being South Asian, I don't think they've their families have like ever came, come around it. Hmm. I had a friend who was like being forced into marriage. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, I had a friend who was being forced into marriage, but then he had to leave, so he left. And then I had a friend who, um, you know, I think we have to come out multiple times. And I think people don't understand that we don't just come out once, Like we gain all the confidence and the courage to come out once. And then we have to do it again and again and again. Yeah. Like I came out like four times. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it's not something that just thinks in the head once. You come out once and then they're, all, they're like, no, no, you know, it's fine. You're not like that. And then you come out again after like a year or two. And then they're kind of like, well, well are, are you not better? Like They think you're, you, you're like pathological. Like you've got like something wrong with you. Mm. Like My family thought I was possessed in the beginning Wow. They thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah, and, and they don't understand the medical side of it because they don't follow that that route. They follow the route where it's like, oh, well, no, you're probably possessed by something. They don't understand that it's a medical condition. Mm. So this is all of this kind of piled up and I just completely disassociated from it all. Yeah. In, life.
1: in terms of your mental health, is there anywhere that you can go to get the support that you need? Is there any specific kind of specialist um, mental oh. health support that's available
2: i do yeah so i have um i have two counselors well i have a a therapist and a counselor one's through of of course like my employment and then one's a private therapist who i pay for so yeah i'm getting all the help i need i think because you know my kind of hormones are all over the place because i started hormone therapy like a year ago now right but um i feel like that kind of contributes towards my mental health as well because um you know hormone replacement therapy is of course something that completely you know, changes your body and changes your emotions and everything. So I think that's probably why I'm all over the place as well. But I think comparing myself to like a year or two ago, I'm a lot better, like mentally. Definitely.
0: No, good. Glad. I'm glad. Very to glad me. to hear. Um, one of our first shows um in series, in series one, season one, sorry, um, when we had our first Pride special, um, we mm-hmm. did a lot of research on the South Asian uh, LGBTQ plus community in general. And uh, one of the things that we found fascinating, mm-hmm. but also like, Horrifying. Uh, horrifying um was the level of racism that they endured within the uh the wider lgbtq plus community um because it was it was just crazy to us that you know an already discriminated community of people were then discriminating within against each other basically within the same yeah. community as a skin color um now when we talk about the transgender community um, as a separate community, almost in an instance, did you ever receive any kind of racial prejudice or racism against, uh, against yourself um, within that community?
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really interesting question. I was reading it when you sent me it as well. Um, no. So me personally, I've never faced any kind of racial prejudice, okay, that's good. Uh, but I know people who have, mm-hmm. but, um, and that's when attending pride events or attending events where, you know, they're probably the only brown person there, and they do face that they, they do face racial prejudice, yeah, but it's always indirect. It's not yeah. kind of like prejudice. but um, and I think talking about like, you know issues relating to well, you know, racial prejudice, I think uh, you know I stopped attending pride events because I felt like, you know, I felt like they they're very whitewashed. Hmm. like they're not they, i whenever I would attend pride events, it's like, I couldn't ever find any brown people there. It was really crazy. So I stopped attending them. But I feel like it's even, it's crazy because the brown queer community, like I don't even relate with them because it's like, I remember when I I used to be a youth worker in the past. And then of course I stopped my career with like youth work. But I did used to attend, you know, events and conferences where, you know, there was a lot of, you know, brown, you know, queer people But I feel like it was very, it was a very toxic environment. But that's my own personal experience. Um, Because I feel like, you know, I had friends who were, you know, you know, transgender. And and this is a really interesting point as well. I had a lot of friends who were, you know, transgender. uh, Or they were like, you know, like gender non-conforming. But they were always kind of like sucking me. And I felt like they were sucking me into this world where, you know, I didn't feel like it was right. Like the things, you know, each their own, everybody can do what they want to do, but I feel like the stuff that they were doing, they were kind of sucking me into this world of like, oh no, you should do this because there's no place for people like us in employment and, you know, and stuff like this. So I wouldn't say I faced racial harassment or anything or racial prejudice, but I have faced prejudice from my own community and that's the queer community as well, which is Mm -hmm. really crazy because you wouldn't think that would happen.
0: Yeah, no. This is like, yeah, it's something that we found like unbelievable um, when first doing all the research within it. Um, and then the more members of the community um, that we speak to within mm-hmm. the South Asian community who have spoken up to us about some of the prejudice that they've received, it's like you're you're already getting so much discrimination um, yeah. from, from the wider community from being LGBTQ plus, and then also receiving um you know racial hatred and prejudice within it as well. It's like the yeah. the toll it takes on you is oh, like astronomical in that instance. It really
2: is. Yeah, uh, completely. Um
0: but if we if we talk now specifically looking at this the South Asian community for you from your experience and in your opinion, what more needs to be done uh for Asian attitudes as a whole towards the LGBTQ plus community to change? Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like I've, I've always been visible, like ever since I was younger in regards to like, I've never, you know, there, there were so many, like expectations and there were so many like, oh, well, you have to act like this, you have to do this. But I just never succumbed to it because I couldn't. They were like just tearing away my identity, like my family and they were telling me how to act and what to do. And they instill all this guilt and shame in you, like growing up where it kind of scars you. And then it's like we're getting therapy and we're getting counselling for the trauma that other people have caused us. Well, that in regards to me personally, that's what's happening because the therapy and the counselling that I'm getting is because of the trauma that I faced due to the people around me growing up. So I think the real curse isn't really being like transgender. It's being around people that don't understand you. But um, I feel like the attitudes towards people like us, I think, you know, I have quite like a large following on like my social media and I'm very outspoken about talking about, you know, just kind of talking about, you know, trans issues or talking about, um, you know, women's rights. And I'm very, um, you know, outspoken. But I feel I do get a lot of vitriol online, like 100%. I get a lot of comments. And it's it's always, it, most of the prejudice that I receive is from brown people. And it's always like, just once again, like using religion as like a weapon to like defend their views. That's It's always happened. Like, I don't think there's a day where I don't get hate comment. No, really? <laughs> Right. But I think I just I've become really immune to it now because I've had it all my life. So I think you you kind of develop this armor, but um, you just kind of just deal with it really. And I I will never stop. Like I'll never stop being myself, and I'll never stop raising awareness because the trauma that we face growing up, I think, it takes an effect on your mental health when you're growing up. Yeah, I'm 23, and you know I don't think that guilt and shame. Like I still feel like that. Like, I still feel guilty and shameful sometimes. And I don't really admit that because I don't like talking about when I'm vulnerable. But um, I feel like for educational purposes, I think people should understand that their views can actually be very damaging towards people that are LGBT, definitely.
1: For anyone who's listened to you speaking today and kind of wants to know more wants to understand more and wants to improve their attitude as well. Um uh-huh are there any resources that you would point them towards to kind of learn more and, and be to... Get a
0: better understanding, I yeah. guess, more than anything else.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like um there's of course, you know, there's, there's different charities out there that, you know, do support, you know, causes when it comes to, you know, um, homelessness and, you know, just LGBT issues in general. But I feel like with, with the whole kind of like, you know, I have, because I have quite a large following on social media. So I've educated a lot of people as well. So it's not all like really bad. A lot of people have actually said to me, because, you know, I, I do talk like publicly with like my, my following and everything. So I think I have changed a lot of attitudes as well. I mean, they can always follow me on social media and check my content.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, this is what we want to ask. Where can people find Amra on social media so we can find out mm-hmm. more information?
2: Yeah, um, I have, of course... Um, you know, I create content on TikTok, which is, of course, awesome. you know, the platform where I create creators. But um, I'm always getting banned off there, which is really, <laughs> really? crazy. <laughs> yeah, I always am. So I've been banned. I've been banned again for seven days. And it's like because I'm talking about issues that need to be discussed and they keep banning me all the time. Really? They, wow. yeah, That's
0: really interesting. Um,
2: it's thick, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's um with this it just seems to be a, a blanket um bands almost across the whole social media network for anyone that's speaking up against any current issues, it feels yeah. like, you know.
2: Yeah. Like if I'm talking about really controversial things, I have to really like I don't just make the video straight away, I have to sit down and think what I'm gonna say because it might, you know, offend people or it might, you yeah. know, cause backlash. But if ever I post a video, it ends up going viral. And then I get a lot of hate comments. And if I'm responding to someone's comment, educating them, my video gets taken down and I'm violating their community oh, guidelines. Wow. And for years. Which is crazy, isn't it? Because these people commenting, like the, the horrific, like the malicious comments that I get, it's hard for me to sit there and just with a straight face reply to that comment. I have to give them a taste of their own medicine and they just don't like that, the app. So they just ban me for seven days. <laughs> that's,
0: that's crazy. Cause obviously right now we're living in an age where we're, you know, especially with, with football and things like that happening currently. And so many of the players is getting some real heavy racial abuse online on Twitter and Instagram and things like that. And and you oh. don't see the same level of um, banning and kind of this accounts being suspended. Oh, you anything, you know?
2: Exactly. You know,
0: and so there there has to be there has to be some kind of balance to the equilibrium in this instance and stuff. People need to put you know point in the right direction when when making Mm -hmm. bans and things like that. It's unbelievable.
2: It's insane, yeah. I think it's crazy, and they've they've done it countless times. I think my account's probably going to get banned soon. But um, well, what can you do?
0: No, well, hopefully they can't find a way to shut you down. Um, you know, because obviously. When you've got a voice and you've got a platform and you've got the ability to make your point across, um, you do whatever it takes for that to happen. I feel like mm. when we talk about our show specifically, we've spoken about so many issues and taboos and, and topics and stuff and things that we, our community don't talk about and, and should be talking about. And unless we open up that conversation, that dialogue, things are never going to change, you know? Not, Whether yeah, that's- exactly. Whether that's one person, whether that's ten, whether that's a hundred or a thousand, you know, it you know, it's all about, putting across your opinions um and enabling and hopefully instilling some change. And I'm um, very great to see that you're doing that from your side um to get to give people, especially people within the South Asian community, a much better understanding um, you know, of your experiences and and hopefully, you know, changing some views and, and altering some mentalities. Because unless we stand up now uh, and and raise our voices and enable that yeah. change, then we're never really going to see any kind of progress, you know. So it's amazing to see Amra. Uh, Thank you ever so much for joining us this week here on The Native Immigrants.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. The privilege is all mine. Thank you. Much appreciated.
1: Thank you very much to Amra for speaking to us. She was so honest and so open with us and we really appreciated kind of just learning about more about her experience and what it's been like to go through that whole journey. Yeah. Um, it was really eye-opening. I found it so fascinating to hear and just can't thank her enough for being so open with us.
0: No, absolutely. Um and you know, in You know, she said she's going to turn 24 this year, but in her short life so far, to have endured so much and to have been through so much and overcome so much as well at the same time. And um, to explain it so eloquently, because when I was
1: 24, you know, I just used to babble bullshit. Do you mean like you just kind of... You're
0: 38 and you're still babbling bullshit. Exactly.
1: And so to be able to explain and talk about your journey at such a young age... I don't want to sound like I'm an old woman, like you know the, <laughs> the youngins, youngins these yeah. days. But I mean, you're young, and so to be able to explain what you've been through, yeah. so eloquently, I think is is a, uh, very admirable. Because no, of course, I definitely wouldn't have had the words back when I was 24.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, and you know, it's you know when you hear about the you know the toll it took on her mental health and um, you know the struggles that she had to overcome in such a short space of time. Yeah. um, You know, that's, it's really sad to hear. Uh, But we're just glad to see that she's, you know, every year, I guess, is a a learning curve. I guess you're constantly learning. You're constantly having to, you know, evolve in a way, um, you know, to the next stage of life. And so, you know, for her, I guess this is um, a long journey ahead um, going forward in the future. And hopefully it gets easier. Exactly. Um, But hopefully, like I said, with a better understanding from our community as a whole collectively, with the transgender community, um, then we can finally get to a place of equality. Um, and so the, the struggles and the, the discrimination and having to overcome all these obstacles that so many of our community are going through right now, um, to gain a level of acceptance, um, will hopefully become a thing of the past yeah um and we can only do our part to ensure that that happens yeah
1: Although the more we else... talk the less of a taboo it becomes yeah exactly. and we want to banish taboos <laughs> yeah, exactly. from our community altogether because we need to be able to talk about stuff and not be embarrassed or scared or not understand stuff is not an excuse anymore like exactly. we don't we don't understand it we don't get it so we don't want to know about it that's not an excuse no of you course. can't you can't do that you you must educate yourselves if your ignorance is leading to prejudice yeah
0: exactly. you know and i
1: think if you're being prejudiced because you just are ignorant you don't understand something i mean you shouldn't be prejudiced anyway but if the prejudice comes from ignorance yeah. you've done literally done no research no try not even try to understand what's going on then You really should be ashamed of yourself and you should come and educate yourself. Our our
0: cultures are like, from the outside looking in, are complex at like the best and the worst of times. And there's a lot of understanding. There's a lot to comprehend between each other's cultures. And we've had to learn, like wanting to learn about each of our individual cultures. And so how is this any different in any way? You know, it's exactly the same thing. And it's just like I said. It's, it's exactly what you say. It's ignorance and a refusal to want to learn about it, and then shun it away and th- you know throw it under the carpet as a way of not having to, to deal with it or tackle with it. Yeah. Um, and that's what exactly what we're trying to get away from here on this show. Um, thank you so much to Amra. You can follow her and all her social media, specifically on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, where you'll see loads of makeup tutorials uh, on there, which she's amassed a really big following on. Um, So, yeah, make sure you follow all her movements on there. And also, as something that she talked about when when talking about the support networks um, for members of the transgender community, we encourage anyone that wants to learn more or is potentially going through something quite similar to her, to uh, follow the NASA Matt Foundation who have been absolutely for a number of years um, and continue to be at the forefront of of helping people go through a lot within that community. Um, Also the Safra Project Clinic with a Q, Wise Thoughts. There's a number of support networks and support groups um, that will um, help people, support people and also educate people. And I guess that's something that we want to push more than anything else it's trying to educate our communities um and and get them to to learn more uh more than anything else yeah um so i encourage you all to educate yourselves yes like we have done on this episode our pride special which has been another successful Pride show, wouldn't you say, Jojo B?
1: Um, can we just say that we have got in there in time to tell you yes. that UK Black Pride is happening uh, this weekend. Yes. So from Friday, the 2nd Second of July. Of July. Yeah. <laughs> trying to remember the dates. 2nd of July to Sunday the 4th. Yep. It's UK Black Pride. It's online, it's streaming, um, and you can just go out and... Find the events that you want to take part in.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, we're still obviously in a time where we can't have mass events in public.
1: Well, if you watch the football, Woo-hoo! you'd think otherwise. Come on, England! But for everyone else.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um
1: it's all online still.
0: It's all online still, yeah, exactly. But you
1: know the good thing about that is, is you can have a good time, but you can use your own toilet that's nice and clean. <sighs> Always a bonus. It is always, always a bonus.
0: A We've been to plenty of festivals and I've seen plen- plenty of festival toilet. And um, it's one thing oh I do God. not miss from all my times. Uh, the good thing without like performing at these events is you don't have to mingle with the rest of the crowds. Uh, the artists lose are artist much blues, nicer. Exactly. Uh, which has been a, a great thing. It's something I learned when
1: I went to Tea in the Park.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. God forbid we had to mingle with the folk. Um but you know, like I said, the, the world is missing live events. It's missing festivals. It's missing, you know, congregating en masse because of everything that's happening. So, hopefully, by our next Pride special, twenty twenty two, please, you know, please, if we still have a show by that point, um, then we'd love to see um, a South Asian Pride festival. It's something that we've been speaking about uh, between ourselves. We'd love to see a, a festival or a miller en masse. With members of our community, um, and so let's magic it in the air and put the universe out there to enable this to happen.
1: Well, actually, now that you mention it, mm. there is something supposed to be happening in September. Oh, really? Middlesex Pride.
0: The <laughs> Mid- Middlesex Pride.
1: Yeah, covering like Ealing, our
0: local ends. Yeah,
1: Hounslow, all those West London kind of boroughs. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. God, uh, it's the director of it is Sharon Dalywell from Bernd Roti. Roti. Yes. Nice. Uh, she realized that there hadn't been much going on mm. um, in terms of, as it says here that I'm reading, <laughs> queer <laughs> events in the in the Middlesex area. Yep. And so she wanted to do something that would help people within the LGBTQ plus community feel more comfortable celebrating themselves in their local areas yeah. in West
0: London. That's amazing to hear.
1: Um, there's not much information on it at the moment. So okay. as we get more information, maybe right. nearer the time, yeah, yeah. we can let you know. But at the moment, penciled in for September 2021.
0: Nice. Well, there you go. I put it out of the universe and the second later it happened. So Whoop. I tell you what, man, miracles can happen. Um, well, yeah, look out for more details on Middlesex Pride as and when we go forward. But from this year's Pride special, it's been an absolute pleasure. Let's all work as a collective community to ensure equality all round going forward. Yes. So from me, Swami Barakas.
1: And me, Jojo B.
0: We'll see you all in two weeks time, people. Peace.
1: Peace.